I made a big mistake. I created another timeline. So what changed? You've been acting oddly. What's wrong with you? There is something not right about you. There's a whole new guy that you didn't even know about? And he doesn't like me very much. Oh, that's impossible. You're like pudding. Everybody likes pudding. I screwed up everybody's life. Now you want to be there for me. Just try to understand. You need to tell me what is going on, Barry, right now. Another episode of the legendary Flashing Arrows of Tomorrow, where each week Glenn and I sit down to discuss the DC triple shot on the CW. Hello, Glenn. We got a triple shot this week, an actual threesome of episodes. Yeah, too uh, bad we don't get to talk about Superman's ass. No, we don't. Uh, I haven't heard back from Jacqueline or Jillian as to whether or not... I know they said they were going to do the Great Escapes podcast, but I have not. I have not seen anything. Maybe they have not recorded it yet. Uh... And I only saw a little bit of... Well, one of them's moving to Costa Rica, so... That's true. Costa Rica? Like Jurassic Park's Costa Rica? Well, I don't think she's going to be living in the Devil's Triangle. Ah. Or the... What they call it? The, no, the Three Fates. That's what it is, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, so, I only saw a little bit of Supergirl and the Superman... I haven't watched any of it because I've totally forgot to record it because I wanted to try and watch all of Supergirl and get caught up. He's no Henry Cavill in the beefcake department. No, no, no. This no. guy, but... Few few people are. Yeah. Uh, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the other three DC shows <laughs> that are on CW now. they got their own beefcakes. That's right. Uh, well, I mean, look, the Flash isn't very beefy, but... Uh, that's a that's all right. Uh, Jake uh, Eric though. Yeah, Jake Eric was gonna say yeah. John Wesley Ship was in it, so he is he is quite muscular that guy, or at least he appears to be. Uh, so yeah, let's talk about uh, the Flash. It's like '40s tough guy. That's know, right, like, he is barrel chested. And... That's right. Makes sense, you know. Yeah. Looks like he could break a baseball bat over his chest. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the Flash season three, episode two, called. Paradox. Uh, so Barry learns of several changes to the restored timeline. For example, Iris has not forgiven Joe for not telling her that her mother was alive. Cisco is angry with him for not altering the timeline to save his brother Dante from a drunk driver. And he has a new CSI partner, Julian Albert, who is British. And his Britishness is never discussed. Uh, and he does not like or trust him. Uh, that is, Albert Albert does not like or trust Barry. Huh, surprise, surprise. Draco Malfoy doesn't trust the protagonist. That's right. Uh, Barry decides that he is going to travel back in time again to try to fix the damage, but he is intercepted in the year 1998 by Jay Garrick, whom I thought was on Earth 3. Didn't they send him back? To the Earth he came from? Yeah, he is. I think he just knew he was going to... He just grabbed him out of the Speed Force. I mean, it's... Oh, is that is that like a thing? Can the Speed Force kind of traverse in between the, the multiverse as well? Oh, I mean, that's how that he is gets... How, that yeah. is how he got the interaction with Supergirl, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. My mistake. Anyway, Jay Garrett grabs him in 1998... Uh, where Jay Garrick apparently is reminiscing about the times uh, very shortly. Uh, he, he seemed to really dig the, the late 90s. Uh, Jay tells Barry that the timeline never resets exactly once you have meddled with it, and he has to learn to live with the mistakes that he has made. Meanwhile, Claris uh, has visions. That, so this timeline's Claris has visions of the Flashpoint timeline and locates the person responsible, Alchemy, who wears robes and has a creepy voice and has a bunch of friends that gather in a circle 
Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Toby Bell, the guy who does, uh, who was Saw. Who does the voice of alchemy? I want to say it is. Hmm. It certainly was a creepy sounding voice. And it did kind of, it had like a twinge of familiarity, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps. I uh, mean, it makes sense. They had the Candyman as. That's right. Flash. <laughs> uh, Tony Todd. Uh, so Alchemy, who restores Claris's powers uh, and full Flashpoint memories. So the rival is back. Uh, Barry tells the team about the timeline's alterations before confronting Claris and an abandoned warehouse. Alchemy is there as well, saying that he is, quote, preparing the world for a future event. Hmm. Cisco arrives as Vibe and helps Barry defeat Claris who is then incarcerated in Iron Heights. The team determines that Alchemy is creating other metahumans from Flashpoint whom they need to track down. Cisco and Barry become uh, Cisco and Barry become reconciled, as do Iris and Joe, so ultimately everything is back together, uh, as was before. Oh, with the exception that Caitlin is secretly Killer Frost in this timeline. Barry, oh, and Barry and Iris also start a romantic relationship. And uh, it says here, Claris is attacked in his cell, presumably by alchemy, I think, is what we were led to believe. Or by somebody else, perhaps. I'm not sure. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was alchemy that said something at the end yeah. to him. But, and, but then he is he is then attacked. Uh, so what did you think of Paradox? Which, by the way, I don't think included an actual Paradox in it. But, uh, you know, they, they wanted to tie it in. To Flashpoint, so it could be Flashpoint Paradox. What did you think of the episode? Uh, I liked it. I'm glad that they... Again, even if they're doing these one-off setups... Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. It's early, everybody, as we're recording this. Uh, one-off setups, like, at least they're establishing consequences, you know. Things have changed. Mm-hmm. I'm really... They're doing some arrow things, like one line of dialogue can kind of make a lot of things better. Like, when he's sitting there talking to Cisco, and Cisco's like, oh, so you can make the choice to go back, and it's like, yeah, did you not hear the part where I also let my mom get murdered? Like, did, <laughs> yeah. like, did you not? That's like a big thing that happened. Yeah, and but like, he never brings it up. It just no. really, really just bothers me. Just, I don't know. If I'm going to defend myself for it and be like, oh, yeah, did you also, oh, yeah, I had to tell my arch nemesis to kill my mom. Like, did you... <laughs> You missed yeah. that part. Like, it's, shut it's, up. It, it, he did not come to his own defense very well. Yeah, it was just really strange. Um, also, have they explained it all the husks thing? Because that seemed like it was completely new that they haven't explained yet. They did not explain that at all. And that was I mean, I'm lost. guessing it's just with all these personalities merging, they're. Uh, shredding away their old identities and becoming these metahumans or the people they were supposed to be maximizing their potential. I mean, I'm guessing. That's what it feels like. Uh, Which is kind of a neat idea. It's just really odd that we're two episodes in and they haven't brought it up at all. Uh, But, no, I mean, I liked it. Yeah, same here. Finally got to see Barry and Iris kiss and I mean, unless he goes back in time again, uh, you know, seems like we're actually going to see some fruition to this. I did like how he mentions that every time he's managed to get a kiss from Iris, <laughs> he has altered the timeline so that she ends up forgetting that it ever happened. <laughs> yeah. uh, what a what a goofball, that Barry Allen. Not uh, necessarily. He kissed the other world, uh, oh, that's Iris. True. That's true. She didn't forget. No. Uh, but she's on another Earth, so uh, yeah, I don't know. But uh, in, in this case, uh, in this case, they they had their moment. And... They always find each other, and I was like, Ugh. "Oh, why do you have to be so cheesy?" But right. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this works though, unlike the uh, the Oliver Felicity thing, uh, because the characters still feel kind of grounded and don't make choices that are too idiotic. You know what I mean? Uh, or going yeah, or like that, you know, they go in directions she, that make sense, kind of. You like can... she gets really mad at him, but at the end, like she lets some sort of rationale, yes, you know, take place. Whereas you know, Felicity's like, you didn't tell me about that baby you were trying to protect. Screw you, Oliver. I'll break up with you. Yeah. Oh, you liar. 
Even it's though you lie, and it's withholding information. It's not a liar. They do that a lot in Arrow. Even though they you say lie, they they get lying with withholding secrets. Those are two very different things. You were put in an impossible situation, and you had no choice. But I still don't <laughs> forgive you, and I'm breaking up with you. Yeah. Even though I understand why you did it, I get it. Just but I'm not a good person. I can't look past that. <laughs> I'm too shallow. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I like I like this episode. You should call uh, her Oversight, not Overwatch. <laughs> what did you think of uh, uh, What did you think of uh, Malfoy? Uh, his debut here. I liked him as uh, as uh, Albert Ju- Julian Albert. I feel kind of bad that he's like typecasted, but he's really good at it. Like he's really it's really easy to hate him. Like he just does smarmy so well. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, like, I don't like, so it's a, you're annoyed by him because a, you probably bring a lot of added weight from the Harry Potter franchise of this, but also (laughs) the fact that like Barry is really likable, but at the same time when he says like, there's something right, not right about you. I don't necessarily think he means it like you're mischievous, but I think it's more of, you're not this perfect guy. You kind of need to be taken down a peg. Um, I understand where he's coming from, but he's not necessarily being nefarious or anything. Right. I really hope he doesn't end up being alchemy because that just would be kind of dumb. I I really hope he's more just work guy. I mean, they have certainly put the nail on the head, right? Alchemy is looking for metahumans to restore from Flashpoint. And Julian Albert is a CSI guy, but he's like a metahuman specialist. Yeah. Like seeks out metahumans. Uh, I mean, so it does all kind of fit together too perfectly. Uh, I really hope they don't do that. I I really would rather him just be like a work rival, kind of how they were setting up uh, mm-hmm. Thon, and then you know that fizzled out. I mean, he is, something different, which was fine, but right. I mean, he is kind of he is kind of like a bigger recognizable name. So I'm thinking like they wouldn't just. I think. I don't know my my mindset. If I put myself into like a CW executive, they would think it's too much of a waste to have. Oh this, yeah, this no, named no. actor it be a... is going to be him, and that yeah. I guess that that kind of sucks. It's kind of like a I love the movie, but Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the lead is Gary Oldman, obviously not the spy in this working for the Ruskies, yeah. but the other names are Colin Firth, Toby Jones. Um, Kieran Hines and some other guy whose name I can't forget or I can't remember. And it's like, oh, Colin Firth, obviously the bad guy. Like, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's kind of like that. You just look at credentials and it's, sure. it just doesn't, it wouldn't make sense if they wouldn't have him be yeah. the bad guy. Like the, like if you, if you've got the, any of the, any of the known bad guys from, from Game of Thrones, uh, you would expect them to play villains. Uh, anybody who's ever been in a very anybody who's ever been a very effective villain, I think, uh, can fall into that villain typecast thing pretty easily. If especially if they're like you know, like I mentioned, particularly good at. Was it. Drago a bad guy in Game of Thrones? Was who? Drago or Drago? Mm. Guy's gonna be Aquaman, Samoa. Jason, uh, Jason Momoa. Samoa. Samoa. He's Samoan. Yeah, sorry. Samoa Momoa. Um. Cal, yeah, he played Cal Drogo, uh, which is close, uh, close to Drago. Yeah, uh, so he just, all, all the stuff going on with Russia now. You know what? Uh, he wasn't a villain, villain, but he didn't. He was not a nice human being. Uh, but he wasn't like a villain, like King Joffrey or uh, or or some of the others uh, that we have met. So no, not exactly. Uh, in fact, most of the roles I've seen him play are like yeah, it's like heroes. He's like yeah, like, or or you know, kind of like not quite an anti-hero, but like treading the line, shades of gray. Yeah, you can tell he's a good guy, but you know, he's a kind of a dick. That sort yeah. of thing, dick with a heart of gold. Uh, so uh, well, that's an excellent tie-in to our next show. <laughs> Uh, what would you what would you give Paradox here before we move on? Um, I'd give it like a oh, I'm being more harsh because of how high our grades were last year. 
because mm-hmm. it was just every episode was just That's, fantastic. It felt like so, everything were like fours yeah. or high threes. Yeah, so I like I want to say four. Like it was fine. I there's a lot of things I really liked. Uh, I actually liked the guy who was the rival. I thought his, even though it's only been two episodes, like kind of the semi arc they did with him Eddie was Cox. interesting. Uh, but I'll say like a three and a half, three and a quarter. Mm, I gave it three and a half too. Uh, and I don't think I was. I don't think I'm scaling it either because of of last year. I just think they're they're off to a good, but not a a magical start. Uh, it did kind of the same thing last year. Like last year was all set in the groundwork, <laughs> solid, and then it just. I mean, here, I mean, it was just what six, seven episodes straight. We were just like, holy shit! Like this is good. This is good. <laughs> have you seen the uh, Have you seen the training the like the the video they put out uh, the marketing video they put out? It's like the the training center video or whatever. Where it's like all of the heroes are like... Oh, is uh, it like their fight club thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen that? No, I have I mean, I saw like it start and then I kept scrolling. Yeah, it's it's pretty... It's actually pretty great. Uh, I mean, so you've got pretty much everybody in there. Supergirl included. And it's like Cisco and Overwatch and uh, Deal. Like, uh, like all the people from all the shows are involved in this. And... All of the heroes like are dispatching with these drones and like you know these uh, just practice dummies essentially, and they want to make things you know they want more of a challenge. And uh, Cisco's like, "All right," and he like hits a button and door opens, and they have to fight Grodd. And the <laughs> oh, scene shit. the scene cuts away. They don't show it, and I was so mad. It's like I want to watch that. This uh, and I realized that. I think what helped last year a lot was the ridiculousness, but somehow they made it great with Grodd and King Shark. And I hope they can do some stuff like that this season. Well, I, I mean, I need some. I need some super silly. I think they're opening the door to Gorilla Grodd, considering the previews for next episode. Not that he would show up, but they'd be like, "Oh, would Jesse Quick made that time portal?" Grodd and his gorilla army in his paradise in the African uh, jungle. Of Earth 2, yes. Of Earth 2 that, you know, maybe him and some apes jumped through, which I hope is the case, because then they can kind of tie it in with Tom Felton from Planet of the Apes. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) He can say, get your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty apes. He can say again. He sure can as he shoots him with a hose and then gets (laughs) barbecued. (laughs) Grodd can shout, no. No. It'll be awesome. I guess he wouldn't shout it. He would just telekinetically he would, yeah. throw it into his he head. He would telepathically tell him no. <laughs> Who's saying that? Uh, that's, a, that's a brilliant idea to merge these two these two ideas together. Let's make this happen. Get your filthy brain off me, you damn dirty ape. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about something that wasn't... Uh, that wasn't bad, but nowhere near as awesome as that last no, one. No. Uh, season 5, Episode 2 of Arrow. Called The Recruits. On the line. Ring that bell. The city just experienced the equivalent of a terrorist attack. This would be a good time for you to test out your new team. They're too green. Some could say the same about you. Oliver is recruiting. Uh, he recruits uh, Curtis and Wild Dog and that girl who pretended to be Black Canary, but is now going to be Black Canary, I guess, for real, Evelyn Sharp. Uh, and Renee Rodriguez, I believe, is Wild Dog. Uh, and begins training them uh, using an extreme exercise that was uh, that he learned from his Bratva initiation. Uh, which was also revealed through flashbacks. And that's all we need to talk about with the flashbacks this week, uh, at least as far as uh, that stuff goes, because it's it really doesn't have a whole lot of other tie-in. Uh, as Mayor Queen makes a deal with 
Amertak to provide free medical care for Glade survivors. A new metahuman, Ragman, appears and starts attacking Amertak executives. The recruits leave Green Arrow because they do not trust him. And to be fair, Oliver is being a bit of a dick to them. Thea discovers that Amertek CEO Janet Carroll is working with Church, and Felicity learns that it was Amertek nuclear missiles that Damien Dark tried to use to destroy the world. Ragman and Green Arrow stop an arms by between Carroll and Church. Ragman later reveals that he was the only survivor of the Haven Rock nuclear explosion. His father had covered them, covered him in these rags. And said that they would protect him. That they were yeah. Did he also mention that like he was next to them, but it took him three days and going through all the rubble to find his other family members. Yeah. Even though they would have been right next to him. Yes. Okay. Uh, Green Arrow convinces him to put aside his vengeance and join his team. Later, Oliver reveals his identity to the other recruits as a sign of trust, and they agree to rejoin the team. Thea decides to appoint Quentin as deputy mayor. Uh, that's Is that what he appointed him to? I thought he... Yeah, that's what she appointed him to. Yes. Uh, yes. In an attempt to, to, to sober him up. <laughs> yeah, let's put him in a grueling government position. Yes. <laughs> to get you to sober up. That'll do the trick. Uh, Church... On his way... Uh, Goes from a cop to public uh, public servant. Yeah, okay. Yes. Uh, Church, on his way out uh, of the club, is attacked by another archer. It's the archer we saw last week. And he has made it clear that he, that he realizes that Church tried to kill Green Arrow. And if he had succeeded, Church himself would be dead right now. As this archer wants to kill Green Arrow personally. He calls himself... Prometheus. Uh, also, something happened with Diggle, and he was in the army, and something about nuclear triggers, and uh, it was completely unimportant. Maybe it'll tie in later. But as for now, it just seemed like it was filling time, and they Diggle is still on the cast, and they need to do something with him, so they 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 filmed this stuff and put it in the show. What did? Yeah, you- I thought they were gonna like tie it in better, as far as. Oh, the bomb's Amertech. Amertech's also trying to sell this. I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. That, like that's some the bigger, way to do it. Right, yeah. some bigger conspiracy that's happening. I mean, and that's probably what it is. Like, it's uh, it's awfully uh, weird that you have this this new uh, superhero who is kind of, who kind of like rose from the dust of uh, the Haven Rock nuclear attack, which were done with missiles from Amertech. And here is Diggle uh, being ambushed by his superiors who plan to sell a nuclear triggle, a triggle, trigger, <laughs> and frame. Damn it, oh. Diggle. <laughs> Damn it. Everything, everything gets diggleized. A, a, a triggle uh, for shizzle. Diggle. Uh, for shiggle. Uh, so. Monsters. <laughs> Digimon. Uh, anyway, Glenn. What did you think of this recruits episode? I mean, it was okay. Uh, I am also getting super confused. I mean, at least Flash has one hood guy. <laughs> like, yes. I'm getting really confused with. It. I really thought it was Prometheus. I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know why they didn't u- have him use crazy weird shit with ribbons in the first episode, but all right. Yes. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, that's Prometheus. Oh no, that's not him. Different guy. And I got super confused. And the reason why is. They're using the kid's backstory, and he's like, oh, protected me in this fire. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, Prometheus was the bringer of fire. He's delivered from fire. Okay, I can see where I can see where this is going. And then he shows him at the end. I'm like, oh, wait, this is not the same. Because they almost have identical masks. Like, it is yes. uncanny. And they're, uh, they're, they're both in very dark, cloaked garb. Yeah, I got super confused. They're, they've got to go with the traditional Prometheus metal suit. I don't know why they didn't, but... Too expensive. I mean, they could just make him look dumb like the Atom, but... Uh, Is Prometheus an archer villain? No, place? I don't... As far as I know, he uses guns, because, like, as I said before, he's kind of a Batman villain, so it's, you know, again, they got to use the flip side of the coin with guns and stuff, so... That's always how I've known him as. Yeah. Uh, but 
No, I mean, it was okay. Some really strange occurrences. Like, they're definitely using these characters as plot devices. Also, I don't know why, given her character, uh, why she isn't freaking out that, um, <laughs> that this guy who wants ultimate vengeance for a bomb that destroyed his town is now going to be in the group. Like, I don't know why she's still off. Like, oh, you she is this, the this one. This motherfucker is going to figure out that he's going to kill me. Uh, I mean, hopefully, hopefully they use that. They should. I mean, it yeah, should be a thing. I mean, I'm sure they will. It was just really strange that like they only did like one really quick shot to her, and it was just like I'm doing my regular Overwatch job, and not like oh god, this motherfucker's gonna kill me. Right. But I will say one of my favorite lines I have heard in a while. Well, and I say that, and then McRory had a couple of good ones. Um, <laughs> was <laughs> when they're fighting and church is like and the guys are about to save the ceo he's like hold on let's see if a man can save a hundred million dollars yes that was so good <laughs> uh but yeah no i mean it's okay i just yeah. i am i am i do i'm not i'm not looking forward to a scene with Ragman and prometheus because i won't know who to root for oh my god it'll be like the transformers movies yeah you're not sure what's happening no optimus hopefully they'll have a fight scene in the dark like in a very darkened space. You just won't have any idea. No, I'm the one you recruited. No, I'm the one you recruited. <laughs> they both, somehow, for some reason, have quivers on their back. Yes. I mean, they both have those, whenever they have the masks on, they both have voices that are different from one another. So, uh, yeah, I uh, I thought this episode was okay. Uh, just like the last one. Uh, I don't know if Aaron would be disappointed or not. the The show hasn't been absolute ass so far. No. Episodes in, it's been it's been fine, and it's also leaned towards kind of good in some areas. Uh, yeah, I mean, it as can't well. help but get in its own way. But um, you know, you know what I don't get though, Renee Rodriguez, Wild Dog. I don't know why he has such a fucking attitude. He is clearly a shitty vigilante. Like, right at the beginning, like, he would have died if it wasn't for Oliver. Because he yeah. goes to do this parkour shit off the top of a building and literally trips and was about to fall to his death off the side of the building. And Ollie saved him with some sort of, like, grappling arrow or some shit. Saved him at the last second, and he almost died. And he's Also, like, he's an supposed asshole. to be, like, some kind of kid, but he's not, because... I know he this. Looks, he looks because... like he's at least 26 or 27. Oh, he's older than that, and I know that because... He was in Coach Carter. Oh, was he? Jesus. So he's Yeah, like, he's one of like the good basketball kids. He's the one so he's who's in his like 30s. friends gets like shot in front of him by gangbangers and you know, turns a new leaf. Yeah. He's the non Cheney Tatum one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's why I like when I saw him, like, I'm pretty sure that's a dude from Coach Carter, which was like ten years ago. So he's you know, at least thirty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, he seems like, he seems like such a cocky asshole for not being nearly as good as he seems to think he is, I guess. I don't know. Makes uh, him wild, dog. I guess, I, that's, I guess that's why he's wild. Also, I don't know why they don't bring in Wildcat to, like, avenge, mm -hmm. uh, Black Canary. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. There's a, there's a, I'm not sure how I feel about this new team, Glenn. As much as uh, as much as I, they've all seen the gone from rags to riches. <laughs> yeah, because Ragman. <laughs> uh, I gave this episode and all over Queen. Duh. I, I gave this episode three and a quarter. Because uh, I was being generous this week. Uh, I think what it was is that for some reason, once they did the scene with Church and Prometheus, because uh, you know my my fondness for the disdain of. Of just random generic bad guy archers, uh, but especially just... ones that aren't archers. Like that—that's the thing is, like from what I remember, like I he's not an archer. Don't think he's an archer. Uh, but I, uh, for some reason, that scene with Church and Prometheus won me over. Uh, I, I'm kind of curious to. I'm kind of curious to actually find out who this person yeah, is. Yeah, I like this. cool. So. Uh, you know, we'll find out, and I'm, I'm kind of curious to see where it goes. So, yeah, three and a quarter, which I believe is up from my score from last week, which was a three. So, 
That's a that's positive momentum for Arrow. What what about you, sir? Yeah, about the same, like a three three quarter. Okay. Good enough for me. Let's talk about the the main event of the <laughs> show, as it is the main event of every week. I I love this show uh, that it is on. <laughs> Uh, season two, episode one of Legends of Tomorrow called Out of Time. Replacing the Time Masters is an enormous responsibility. We're not Time Masters. There's no rules. We are history's last line of defense. This is going to be so much fun. Who's that? The new guy. Seducing the Queen of France. She seduced me. Kidnap Einstein. I like him. He's a pig. Why do you get to punch him? I don't have time to time travel. We're off to old time Japan. I'm basically a ninja. May we entertain you? Off with their heads. Who are you people? Well, we're superheroes like you guys. I say we ship them to the boys in Bellevue Mental Hospital. Do you is yours now, my dear legend. Shut up and strap in. So now that the, uh, the time masters are gone, basically Rip's team, are, they are now acting as uh, the new time masters essentially they travel through time dealing with aberrations in the timeline uh, and and fixing them but that is not where the episode begins Glenn the episode begins with one dr. Nate Haywood trying to get his way through security at the Star City Hall to see Mayor Oliver Queen where he needs to see him about uh, Sarah and Ray Palmer and the rest of the legends. And he reveals to him that he also knows that he's uh, Green Arrow. And he's like, look. Uh, Get out. He's like, look, I mean, you. You showed up and like a week later, Green Arrow Robin, showed up. Yeah, Robin hard. came in. So, uh, yeah, I don't uh, <laughs> take a doctor, which I am, to figure that out. But uh, he tells Oliver that he is uh, kind of like a time historian and he's been noticing subtle changes to history, and he believes that the legends are responsible for this. Uh, and he believes that in 1942, before the invention of the atomic bomb, one went off underwater and may have killed the legends. And 24 hours later, Glenn, Oliver used what I presume is his personal submarine uh, that we did not know that he owned until just now. Uh, they used to go underwater and find what... Uh, what is in fact the Wave Rider underwater uh, has been sitting there apparently since 1942. They get aboard and they find the ship still operational and they find Mick Rory in the med bay uh, in stasis. And Oliver wakes him up and has to stop him from punching him out. And they start getting the story from uh, Mick as to what happened. Uh, So... It, uh, I think what it was is that they were, I don't remember the, the year, but they were trying to safeguard King Louis the 13th, uh, in order to prevent him from being killed. I guess that was the aberration. Yeah. They needed him to have sex. Uh, yeah. Which, uh, didn't help when the queen seduced Sarah. Uh, she has a bad habit of this happening and, uh, <laughs> they end up, um, uh, they end up uh, defeating the bad guys, although they end up using all of their powers. In well, they had daylight. laser guns. Well, that's right. The bad guys did have laser guns, but uh, there's Firestorm and the Atom all flying around in broad daylight in 16th century France. <laughs> uh, and they... Uh, I'm on the other side of the house. It's a chateau. And this all, this all tied in to what was happening, uh, Mick explains, because... Uh, the thing that happened to them after this mission. Uh, and that is they, they went somewhere that they were told not to go. And they were told by Rex Tyler of the justice society to never go to the year 1942. But there is a time quake Glenn, which happens when there is a rather large aberration in the timeline. And, uh, it emanated from New York in 1942, which, uh, 
I believe that is when Mick Rory uttered uh, the now classic line that the Krauts had nuked New York City. <laughs> I was like, holy crap. Uh, by the way, I also like the, uh, the Mick Rory line where Rip was tearing everybody down saying that they had screwed up. And Mick's like, I didn't screw up. I didn't even bring my gun or whatever. And he revealed that Mick had stolen some jewelry or whatever. He's like, stealing's not screwing up. Screwing up, yeah. He's awesome. Uh, so uh, they learn that the nuclear that the nuclear bomb exploded in New York City in 1942 was done so by the Nazis. To which Mick also says, Nazis. I hate Nazis. Which I believe is something from Indiana Jones. Yeah. Or I believe actually in Indiana Jones he says, I hate those guys. But uh, they believe that the Nazis had kidnapped Albert Einstein and forced him to make them one. They save Einstein while Sarah is... a bit is, of a horn dog. Who is, in fact, a really horny old man. Uh, <laughs> they save Einstein while Sarah is off on a side mission as she continues to try to track down Damien Dark and kill him, thus preventing Laurel's death. Uh, however, Ray dissuades her. <clears throat> they realize that the timeline has not yet changed, even though they have rescued Einstein. Or by rescue, I mean kidnapped him. Uh, the timeline has still not changed. Uh, but that is because of Einstein's former partner, Maliva Merrick, uh, who was also uh, capable of assisting the Nazis. She was the one who was kidnapped. And she has the expertise in order to uh, create the, the weapon as well. And in another confrontation with Dark who is helping the Nazis, they end up saving her. Uh, but Dark ends up escaping, and they have to retreat, and they the Nazis still have the nuke, and they get into the sub. And they go chasing after them in the Wave Rider. And uh, that does... However, they're, they're, I guess they're unable to prevent them from launching the nuke. But uh, Rip ends up using a, a time scatter... To literally scatter everyone on the ship to different points in time, kind of like a, I guess like a life, a, a, I guess like a time traveling lifeboat, I suppose. With the exception of Mick, who was injured during the fight with Damian Dark, and he would not have survived the time travel. <laughs> He's like, I knew you didn't like me. Yes. <laughs> uh, so he he puts Mick he puts Mick in stasis and uses the Wave Rider to absorb the nuclear blast. And uh, that is where uh, that is where everyone is 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 left off. And Oliver is like, "Well, I Mick is the one who decides that I'll have to be a hero and go go save the rest of them and go find them or whatever." And Oliver is like, "Well, I don't really have the time to go time traveling, which is ridiculous. Of course, he could go time traveling with them all he wants, and because yes. he's on a time machine, he could come back seconds after he had departed, and no one would have known the difference." Um, but. He has his own show to be on, so they had to come up with some sort of excuse for him to not tag along with them. Uh, that being said, the uh, the doctor, what's his name, Haywood, Hayward, mm-hmm. uh, Haywood, does go with them, a la Timeless, the show I'm watching on NBC. Uh, they send their own historian along alongside, and they go individually. I like this duo better, though. I haven't seen the other show, but one of them has McRory. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, which is the <laughs> Uh, the first. Do you know person... how to fly this thing? We'll find out. He just the first. The oh first... yeah, let me tell you about the side effects. The first person. <laughs> I can't believe we're gonna go time traveling. Yeah, let me tell you about the side. Effects. Let me tell you about the side effects, which apparently is barfing. A lot. Well, of... they did that in the first one. Oh yeah, yeah. Or you know, early on. Uh, so they I actually it... carried that gag for a few episodes, which was kind of nice. They uh. The first place they have to go is 70 million years ago, where Ray Palmer is being chased by a T-Rex. And the best thing in all of CWDC-ness happens when Mick Rory shoots a T-Rex with his fucking flamethrower gun. (laughs) It's awesome. And the T-Rex is like, fuck this shit, and runs off. Uh, Mick Rory defended Ray Palmer from a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Uh, So he saves him. And then they go to get uh, Firestorm Stein and, and, and Jackson, who are stuck in England in, in the year eighteen tw- or the year eight twenty one, not eighteen twenty one, uh, where they were about to be beheaded 
by a young prince for his amusement, uh, which is awesome. I love that that scene where Jefferson's like, "Would you, would you like to look at yourself in my magic mirror?" And he's just got a <laughs> iPhone or whatever. <laughs> I've grown weary of your of your tricks. Off with their heads. Uh, so yeah, they show up uh, and and save Firestorm, and uh, then it is back. <laughs> to what what was it 16 the 1630s uh sarah is about to be hung as a witch apparently for seducing many of the women in the village <laughs> they, uh, it wasn't against their own will it wasn't against their own will and they're all like kind of smiling at her yeah and then uh and then of course because these are just simple simple-minded folks from a simple time she just breaks free of her bonds and kicks all of their asses yeah uh when the team shows up uh, to to rescue her. Not that she apparently needed any rescuing. Uh, back yeah. on the ship, however, there is no indication that Rip was relocated in time, and they call upon Gideon to help find him, but she says that she can't. Uh, she cannot locate him anywhere, but he did record a final message for them where he says that he will never abandon hope of seeing them again one day uh, and encouraging them to stick together. So that'll be a, a mystery for this season. Uh, or maybe it'll be solved right away. I don't know. But for the time being, it seems like Rip might not be on the show for a little bit. Uh, they go back to... Uh, so they agree to, to continue restoring the timeline, stopping aberrations. They decided uh, the best way to keep Einstein and Merrick safe is for him to publicly acknowledge her contributions to his work in 1942, giving her the perks of security and protection that he has always enjoyed. And before they have a chance to leave, they are stopped by the Justice Society of America, Glenn, in full force. Yeah. I don't know who any of these characters are, but uh, did, I'm sure you noticed some of them. Yeah, Dr. Midnight, I mean, and Stargirl. I, unfortunately, they're not doing with the reboot with Stargirl and uh, Stripes, so it can't be Stars and Stripes. Ah. Uh. Stripes is her stepdad in a gigantic robot suit. It's awesome. <laughs> Stars and Stripes uh, is also good, but you know what's better is the movie Stripes. Much yeah, better. that's true. With Bill and Murray. Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> um, meanwhile, back on the Nazi sub, the crew turns on Damien Dark, who isn't interested in helping the Nazis anymore. He says his partner wants to move on to other things. And uh, the Nazis tell him that uh, it's too bad his partner isn't here right now. When they are all suddenly killed by a streak of red lightning, it is the reverse flash, and he and Dark greet each other with a smile and a hello. Uh, that is who Damien Dark is working with. That is the time, the rogue time agent that they believed uh, was out there. It is in fact not. It was a speedster. Uh, so we've got a Damien Dark uh, reverse flash team up here. So what did you think of the, the premiere episode, Glenn? I loved it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> It was just, yeah, you know, it was different, but it felt the same. And it was, uh, I mean, you got Meg, who was <laughs> another great line about how he gets a, it's like, yeah, I'm roasting this Nazi. Like, it's just, it I love the roast Nazis. Yeah. Um, you know, even some of the Sarah Land stuff was good. Like, you know, they all... I don't know, like, time passed, and obviously certain things about them have changed, but they're still the same people. Mm -hmm. Like, it felt natural progression, which you don't get a lot of times, like, especially in Arrow. Um, or, or the Flash, but the Flash does it because of all the time variations he's doing. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I liked it. It was it was just fun. I mean, that's the thing about this show. It's just dumb fun. Yeah. Uh, you know... The fact that Einstein thinks Rory is the smart one out of the group just because he's <laughs> cut and dry and to the point. Yes. <laughs> uh, the fact that they kept calling the bomb a nuclear bomb and he kept coming in with atomic. Atomic. Uh, now is not the time for semantics. Uh, yeah, this was great. This was everything I was hoping for. This I, I wish Arrow could be more like this show somehow. I don't know how it could be more like this show. I just know that Flash is super enjoyable. I know, I feel like Arrow is the show that got the uh the the rear end. Like it, it started out very good and very promising. I tried to make it Batman. Now they're doing a duality of the 
the hood and the man. Like, it's just, that's not, that's not Oliver Queen. Yeah, I, and I feel like they, they really found their footing with what they wanted to do with their shows going forward when they, when they got Flash rolling. And now Legends, like, I'm, you can feel that those two shows are, are very symbiotic. Unlike Arrow, which isn't, it doesn't quite feel the same way. In fact, I liked Oliver Queen more on this show than I do on his <laughs> own show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was that was that was crazy, but uh, yeah, this this was a great beginning. Mick Rory is like, I, I, I mean, I miss Captain Cold. I never thought I'd ever say this about. I know it's so weird. Those characters because I hated them when they were on the Flash, but they have grown so much into just great characters that see that was the thing i was kind of worried about was the fact that he didn't have cole to play off of because they they did really good interplay with each other Mm -hmm. um but i guess they've just expanded to where rory just messes with everybody like he's just kind (laughs) of the bully yep um all his nicknames and stuff and that just love the i mean even franz drama had a great line jefferson he's like like, oh, the queen's ready for you, my king. It's like, yeah, but she's all warmed up for you. Like, they just, I don't know, like, they they seem like they really are kind of a team. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't, they don't seem like a hodgepodge. Like, they actually seem like they might hang out and get some drinks afterwards. So I'm sure they don't, but yeah, that chemistry seems to be there. Feels like it, for sure. Uh, you're right, man. And everything about, there was, there was no greater... There was no greater moments than seeing Mick Rory dressed up in the uh, the the musketeer esque garb. I knew it was all bad when they put me on a blouse. Put me in a blouse. I look like <laughs> an idiot. <laughs> he's awesome. You think the ship's work? Well, the fridge is working. He's, yes! he's already drank like six beers while he's talking to them. <laughs> like there's just another there's just another beer bottle as he's talking to him. Yeah, oh yeah, just that, little stuff like that. That's a great line. Yeah, where they're like, "Do you think do you think the ship can even fly again?" And he's like, "Fridge works." <laughs> like he's like, "That's all I need to know." I'm sure the ship is fine. The refrigerator is still working. Uh, God, he's great. Uh, this show is great. Uh, I'm going to try not to give it too high a score right off yeah. the bat because there's a lot of episodes that still have to to, to air. So, um, you know, I'm going to give it some time to breathe, but I still gave this one a four. Yeah, me too. Man, this show's awesome. This what? one, I really, I really had to, because I, I don't want to just, because this was the one, like we gave it like, what, two or three fives out of like 13 episodes. Last year, yeah. And we kept saying, like, oh, I don't want to give this one a five. I don't want to give this one a four. Like, because it was just, because they were so good. Uh, but, yeah, no, it just. Yeah, these are these are not, like, the big name hero. And I like Dark in the show better than I ever liked him yeah. in Arrow. Like, Same. Yeah, I don't know. It just feels like when they get to be kind of goofy, like, when they get to do schlock, for whatever reason, they do it really well in DC. I don't know why they don't do it in their movies, but uh, they do it really well in their TV shows, so I don't... Maybe they need to bring these guys up to the big leagues. And Eobard Thawne is great in Flash, so I I presume he's only going to be even greater in this show. Yeah, because I feel like in this one, like... Like, the gloves can kind of be off. So even he can be a little bit more goofy in this show, which is which is fine, because he's still kind of, I mean, still that first episode when he tells Barry to tell him to kill his mom. Like, you know, you know that kind of darkness is there, so you can but you can have some fun with it. And that's that's why I like about the show. Is it is it perfect? No. I mean, if I'm going to sit here and have to, like, really analyze it, no, it's a dumb show. But yeah. when I see, I don't know what it has on Rotten Tomatoes this year, but I mean, last year was like 56% or something. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, you got to take it for face value. Like, you know what it is. Like, it's just, it's a dumb show, but it's so much fun. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of that is some of it is characters that were obviously minor characters and they weren't developing them particularly like through the first season, as you noted, they didn't feel like a team, but that was kind of on purpose. And as they've kind of like to me, by the end of the season, they felt like a unit and there, there were characters that I gave a shit about. Uh, yeah. They did a good job of like pairing certain ones off. Like, you know, when they, they you know, obviously it's cold and Rory kind of throughout, but then it kind of becomes Rory and haircut. Yeah. And then it becomes cold and Lance and, 
and then it becomes, you know, but then Cold and even Hunter, like, they kind of have, like, this budding who's in charge kind of deal. Mm-hmm. But as it as the show warps, like, those, those pairings, you know, intertwine better. So it was kind of like a, you know, they had to be comfortable with one, with, you know, one person at a time kind of deal so that when it becomes at the end of the show, like, then they are all cohesive because they're just kind of chain-linking each other along yeah. which was you know like you said like in hindsight it's really cool i mean even as the show was going on we liked it, it you know at first we were kind of annoyed that it was like oh we're gonna break the team up but you know they at least they got out of that yeah i they i mean the the show is no more goofy than flashes like i find you know flash and i and i do believe critics love that show yeah, uh, yeah, and we even mentioned it last week, like the Honest trailer, where they're like, "This shouldn't be great, but it is." Yeah, uh, that's true. And I think Should've. a lot. I think a lot of that just boils down to that they've got they created characters that we care about, and it's and it is done well, despite the fact that the dialogue is like near soap opera level, but it is done very well. Yeah, we care about them, and like, you ca- they... and you care about the characters. I feel like that's what was maybe lacking for Legends because it doesn't feel like a show that's any more goofy than The Flash is. Uh, it's just goofy in a different way, and I think it was just a bunch of characters that people didn't know, and it didn't quite come together very well at first. But then I think by the end of the season, it 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 was, and you know now it's like these are definitely characters that I. Uh, that I care about or are interested in. So yeah, I think a lot of it was people felt like, oh, Ray Palmer wasn't developed because I guess they just assumed he was going to be the lead. Because um, I guess Victor Garber technically gets top billing. Yeah, um, and you he can kind of tell gets like he voiceover. gets his scenes. Yeah. yeah, but it's not. You know, we even said it last year. Like the show was really always about Captain Cold. Like it was, mm-hmm. he was intertwined with everything. Yeah. Um, and like you said, <laughs> should not have liked it. And for some strange reason, I mean, they ended up being the best parts, the things we hated the most. Yeah, it's a great show. And I will continue to recommend everybody go watch it. If you if you only have time to watch, if you, really, if you only have time to watch one of the shows, watch The Flash probably. But if you've got time to watch two, if you can't watch all three, don't watch Arrow. Watch Legends of Tomorrow instead. You'll be happier for it. Uh, even though Arrow has not been bad this season so far, so we'll see. No, it's been all right. We'll see where it goes. Uh, so that's the episode for this week. Uh, Cinemageekly.com. Go there to check out all the past episodes of Flashing Arrow in the archive, along with all of the other shows that we produce, all available at Cinemageekly.com. This show, of course, available on iTunes and Google Play Music. Just search for Flashing Arrow and hit subscribe, and all the new episodes will be delivered to you as they are released. Uh, so Glenn and I will return next week to talk about season three, episode three of the flash called magenta, uh, season five, episode three of arrow called a matter of trust and season two, episode two of legends of tomorrow called the justice society of America. <laughs> <laughs>